Well, you've chosen an excellent time to tune into the Untitled Film Project podcast because this time we're talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. Super, very popular uh, video game that we knew eventually was going to become a movie in which, uh, you know, the game, a lot of jump scares, uh, simple game, but just so many people loved it of so many different ages that it had to be a movie, and it is. Welcome to Freddy's. Have you met them yet? Met who? Foxy, Bonnie, Chica. Freddy. We'll tell you what we thought of Five Nights at Freddy's, and we'll also ask the big question. And that question is, so in our previous episode, we talked about our most forgotten film of the year. Well, we have about a quarter left. No, two months left, right? Sure. What's the movie you're looking forward to the most for the rest of the year? Now, granted, there's not as much coming out because things have been delayed. <laughs> so you might have to dig a little deep here for these next two yeah. months to figure out what we're really looking forward to. But it is... It's award season. Things are still going to get released that want those reward, those awards considerations. So let's see if there's anything out there coming up. All right. Five Nights at Freddy's, breaking records at the box office like we probably all imagined it would. Maybe not as much as it did because it's been very popular. Uh, let's get our initial takes on Five Nights at Freddy's. Jim, why don't you go ahead and start on this one? Okay. Uh, While a person that did not play any of the games, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, familiar with it, uh, knew the the vibe, the genre, basically why people liked it, uh, went into this movie expecting a lot of jump scares. It's a Blumhouse production. They're a film company that, uh, well, let's just say the best movie they've ever made before this was Megan. Um, And like compared to many of their other movies, Megan is Academy Award winning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't have a huge amount of respect for Blumhouse. Uh, but uh, Five Nights at Freddy's was not what I expected. Uh, I really just expected pretty much, let's see a security guard trying to survive at night inside Chuck E. Cheese type restaurant with animatronic bears and stuff. Uh, while that was part of it, uh, they mixed in uh, a whole other story with Josh Hutcherson's character uh, trying to keep custody of his little sister and his internal demons. And I found this movie kind of a mess. So I really don't know what to think, what this movie was trying to do. Uh, well, it, when it was over, I walked out and go, huh? So there's my initial take. Gover, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was good for what it was. Okay. But I agree that to me it was, it seemed to be doing different things at different times. Yes. Elizabeth Lale, who plays the cop, seemed to come out of nowhere. Vanessa. And have a, 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 she took to the place and just kind of checked. Just what? And then finally, at the end, we realized why. I call her officer explanation yes. because she oh she 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 was telling the audience all kinds That's of right. stuff. That's right. So she's her character's only in there for that. It was so. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. Okay, I don't. I just don't know. As <laughs> a second person who was stupefied after seeing this movie. That's my initial take. I don't know, <laughs> Bradford. So, not that it was exquisite, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Because it played out like a video game. 
Now, we've seen video game movie adaptations that weren't feeling like a video game in the movie because they made it into a movie. Here, the movie felt like a video game because offers explanation, what do you get in video games a lot of times? You have the character that explains things to you, whether you're playing sure. Zelda or things like that. Okay. Walk have, up to this wizard and, it, yeah, they and tell like, you okay, what you a, need to do. A, 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 yeah, I don't need yeah. to explain A, right. okay, now let me get on to my adventure. <laughs> there was no A button, is what we're no saying. There's no A button in this movie. <laughs> so this film... It was released in theaters and Peacock at the exact same time, yet it still made over $100 million. There was obviously a segment of fans that were just chomping at the bit, for lack of a better Not phrase. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to view this adaptation and to view one of their favorite video games turn into a movie. And yeah. it's overall being very well received by the general audiences. And for me, when I'm looking at it like that, I did not play the game. I wanted more horror in it. Mm-hmm more thriller because to me it felt more like a thriller than a horror and because it was a pg-13 rating yeah. like there's not much they can show on screen a lot of it was implied or sure. you hear sounds things like that not on the screen which i'm not necessarily a horror guy we've talked about this before but i wanted a little bit more of that but i can tell that they're world building here because they're not going to give you everything in the first film because they want to build something that's going to have a sequel and given the reception it's received in the box office and on streaming is going to have more than one movie. <laughs> I, if they haven't signed the papers already, exactly. it's just because they haven't told us. So, they, oh, sorry, but the the mystery behind it, I I kind of enjoyed that aspect of being delved into of, of what was happening here and there. I love seeing Matthew Lillard on screen in another horror movie. <laughs> I just I love him on screen. He. Overall, just as a person, too, you can tell he's a, he's a, been a great person. He is fun on screen. He does so many voice acting roles. It's it's fun to see him in movies. I just really enjoy seeing him, even though it's fairly limited overall. I enjoyed it. I, I just enjoyed it. It wasn't amazing. It didn't blow me away. But I got kind of what I needed, a little bit of jump scare. Um, it was funny, just like Megan. Uh-huh. There were hilarious moments where I'm just laughing at the movie, which you can tell I think were meant to happen. Um, so I think some of the drama overall was just too much in it that they're pushing too much trying to force too much of you to feel something in this movie as well too but that's my initial take let's dive deeper a little bit into let's go inside the bear (laughs) which we got to see some of that uh or at least the machine that makes that happen uh with five nights at freddy's and let's start with gover just, I mean, what I said. I, I, I don't, I don't know, you guys. Uh, this is, this is this <laughs> a so, short episode. J- J- Josh Hutcherson brings all he can to the role, right? I did enjoy the dynamic between him and Piper Rubio, the his sister. I enjoyed the compelling storyline of his younger brother being kidnapped. I thought that was an interesting take as well. Okay. Well, just kind of an outside-the-box, a little bit left-of-center type of delivery. Mm-hmm. So not only does he have this not-daughter, but a, you know, which they address in the film with a piece of dialogue, by the way. Sure. Uh, so it's his sister who's trying to protect, and he has this emotional need to protect her because of his what brother ha- being What happened taken, to his other sibling, right? yeah. So that did set up a nice little emotional roller coaster for me. Not that I'm going to write home about, but just like, okay, you have... You've struck a nerve in that regard. Like, I can see how that would be terrifying, or you'd have PTSD from that, or you've been you try to fight that battle your whole life. You think right. anything about it? I can see all that. That's great. I bought in again. Josh Hutcherson was great, but I cannot get over again Elizabeth Lale's character 
It was so out of nowhere. <laughs> now, again, please understand. Please understand. I have not played a single second of this game. I don't even know if I've even seen a screenshot of the game. I've seen the cover and like you know things like right. that. But my, my son talks about it a lot. But I, I've never seen anything. So maybe there's a cop that does that. And if that's the case, then it works. But, but somebody who's never seen it or played, you have to... When you're creating a movie from an entity, you have to get the audience up to speed. And that was her whole point of her character, like Jim said, was yes. to explain for the audience this thing. But her presence... Just showing up at this thing that made no sense. But did it make more sense when the twist happened? Well, uh, yeah, but I'm not waiting would, for it. At I that would point. say, right. well, no, it didn't make more sense. It gave me only more questions. Okay, okay, and, okay. and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put this out there because I, I know everybody that's listening to this that is deeper into the game and the canon of Five Nights at Freddy's are going. You guys missed this entire subplot. You missed this entire subplot. For sure. I've seen all the stuff on TikTok about all the explanations, and there is so much more here that we missed. But we can only give you what we have. Of coming into the movie. Uh, no, when she reveals that uh, obviously the, the baddest of the bad is her dad, um, I just was more confused. I'm like, okay, why are you helping him? Why are you helping dad? Why are you, like, there was, there's so many horrible things going on, and you obviously have a dad that's so bad that he does something terrible to her. I'm not spoiling anything. Why is she protecting him? What was the reason? Like, so even when it was revealed what her connection to the rest of the story was, it didn't make any sense. It didn't jive. Like, why? And I'll also add one more log to that fire is when he comes on screen as his uh, work placement officer or whatever the, yeah. Right. And he says, I have a job for you. I knew immediately he was the guy. Immediately. Uh, I did too. Like it wasn't yeah, even a question. I don't, I don't think that was supposed to be as... But they played it like it was. They played it like, hey, you don't know that he's the kidnapper and that he's but the But as soon as he saw the last the owner name, of the when thing. it clicked. Yeah. So like there was a reason. There was, they, were, they were planting a seed. Okay, uh, yes. here's, here's, here's the way I'm looking at this. The target for that, this is, this is a tween horror movie. Yes. So it is not meant to be rendered by adult minds to where it's like, well, yeah, we know we know he's the bad guy in this. It's oh, I think that's okay. That's true. In that. And I'm not saying that should affect our scores or anything like that. Sure. It's what we take and what we think about the movie. But in terms of how they're doing it, they're setting up that there is obviously something very fishy about this dude because it's not the last we hear from him. There, was a, there was a major plot point being advanced there that I, I, I looked and I, I turned to my daughter, who's 25, and uh, loves horror. And we both looked at each other at the same time and said, he didn't say his last name, exactly. but he saw his last name and that's when he gave him the job. So that's important. You know, so right. uh, like we knew there was something to it. It's but, like a video game. They're yeah. playing Tennessee just like in a video game. And so, yeah. it, like I was saying, in terms of adaptations, this one is going more directive of feel like a video game. Where in video games, a lot of times you're going WTF. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And that, a lot of people true. won't like that. I think a lot of critics, for a good reason, uh, <laughs> right. always bring it up. On Rotten Tomatoes, it is a 30% critic score. Because as a movie itself, it's not going to be well received. Right. As a fan adaptation for video games and what people have been wanting for, 88%. So yeah, the people this was targeted they're to They're not are there for traditional it. storytelling. They're, they're not. And so that's why I think overall we are like, eh, because we're seeing things like, well, you just gave away the whole story right there. Right. But in a video minutes game, in. in a video game, it's okay if you kind of know who the villain's going to be, but you still have to get to that point to face the final villain. Then why play it that way? I, 
There was that's the question. I know that is the question. So that's the question the critics are asking too. Right. So to me, it's lazy filmmaking. I, I think it's a it's a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be. I mean, like it wanted to a venture. money maker. Yeah. Thank you. That, that's what that's, it wanted to okay. be. Okay. They wanted and to print it, and it did its job. Okay. Well, it, well, it did. It did. <laughs> but I think you know w- when they made the movie. Okay, they obviously knew they were going to make money and they needed to make money and people were going to come regardless, right? But I also think they were trying to, okay, well, let's try to make this subplot with, you know, Mike's, you know, predicament of needing a job and his, you know, backstory of losing a sibling and everything. And and to me, it felt like two different movies that barely intersected. Um, I frankly, and this is because I'm not a Five Nights at Freddy's player, I thought it was scarier in his flashbacks when he saw the children. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, than anything else inside, uh, you know, the the Fantastic Freddy's or whatever. That, that felt more real, too. It did. Because he's going back into a memory of something that really, truly happened, I think, in terms of the oh, way sure. that they edited the sound and everything. It's quiet. He's and in those, the woods by himself. Those there's kids kid, creep me out. There's a kid with a freaking hook. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is a little more scary because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what jumps. I'm waiting for more jump scare in the woods than mm-hmm. it was in Freddy's because I'm like, okay, we're, we're hearing audio animatronics coming right. here and they chunk, chunk, chunk. Yeah. So that's not as scary. It's laughable scary to me, which I think is totally oh, sure. fine too. Yeah, it's 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 the old scary of uh, of like Frankenstein who walks at a quarter of a mile an hour right. and somehow gets people. But the freaking cupcake, <laughs> that was scary. Cupcake is yeah, hypersonic missile unhinged. <laughs> who, by the way, was the only character I knew about going into this movie because it has a Funko Pop. <laughs> My entire research depends on Funko Pops. Sometimes, and in this one, the only thing that informed me was that cupcake fuck about. It's actually probably helpful for uh, everybody who uh, is a regular for this podcast is just know that uh, Gover is going to be looking at the world through Funko Pop lenses. (laughs) I can't help it. Okay. Hey, I it's know what, what you, comes out, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Never heard of that before. And then a year later, a movie comes out. Well, that's that's hey, my that's my. It's all right. You life love, you, plastic. You love your. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Funko pops. If that's your thing, you go for it. You wave that freak flag high, and we salute you. So it's fine. Dang. You like it? Go for it. Woo. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. Let's get some final takes on this and scores. Then we get to our big question. Let's start with Mr. Bradford. All right. So going into this, I didn't necessarily know exactly what to expect. But given the trailers, I expected there to be humor mixed in with the horror, just like in Megan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing these productions. You're starting to see a formula. Oh, take yeah. place of what Blumhouse is going for in these types of movies because they have so many different horror types of movies and different levels, tiers of horror what they're going for. <laughs> oh, right? yes. Uh, so There's many. There are many, many tiers. And this tier of horror are the money makers right now because you're getting a wider audience yeah. attracted to it, whether it's a video game or something that's kind of based on AI but humor involved in it because look how meme-worthy Megan has become. It's been at sure. Hollywood uh, Horror Nights at Universal Studios or that Megan's Dancing, you're going to see more of this. So there's no doubt going to be a haunted house at there's, Horror Nights at Universal for oh, Five sure. Nights at Freddy's. It's fun. There's merchandise to be had, Funko Pops, things like that. There's so much to be had with this that there's they're, they're making money behind it. And I'm okay with that because they're still catering to an audience that wants this type of movie. I wanted more scary in this, but what I do like in terms of how they try to build 
a plot at all through this movie is the first time we see Josh Hutcherson, it's a dream book with the other security guard, right? Yeah. And they're planting that seed of what he's trying to do, which is still find his brother's kidnapper from the get-go. He's trying to explore that more so. So at least that that, that didn't come out of nowhere like the cop did. No. <laughs> his whole premise. The, so his character was actually built pretty well. That was told well. Yeah, his yes. character was built pretty well. Uh, he gave everything. In terms of his performance and the types of roles that he's going in, I think he's totally fine in these types of roles. Uh, the child actor, I think she did a pretty bang-up job yeah. for the role that she was she given, too. Uh, but overall, I wanted a little bit more scary. I was fine with the humor and the horror behind it, like Matthew Lillard. For what it is, I give it a 6.5. Okay. I this is Jim. I, I you know, I, I didn't go in as a fan, but I did expect some of those same things. Uh, I didn't get as many of those things from the actual Freddy character, like Freddy and the rest of the animatronics. Um, uh, so, like, I was a little disappointed that that wasn't more interesting. I, to me, also, they were very inconsistent. Do I root for these, you know, bad guys, or do I... The root dead a, children, Jim? Dead children. Or do I, <laughs> do, I, do I hate them? Do I... I mean, like, so I, I had... I, I didn't know how to feel about They're them. They're manipulated, Jim. They're manipulated. I know. Manipulated ghosts. But, uh, I don't know. But if that ghost is trying to kill you, do you is, it, is it self-defense if you're trying you to kill the kid? You have to empathize the, with the, the ghost kid first trying to kill make you? a decision. Okay, I don't know. I just love the statement, do I root for the dead children? <laughs> Because they're de- they're being bad, <laughs> and they need to be punished. Um, but they're already I, dead, so therefore they've already been punished. Uh, God. Yeah. Boy, oh, it's got yeah, dark real this quick. This is so existential, Which too. We Anthony Jessen like on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josh Hutcherson did a decent job, and so did uh, uh, Piper Rubio, who played his little sister. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, who played a cartoonish aunt trying to get uh, custody, uh, was terrible. Um, so stereotypical. Yeah, it was just so bad. So cookie cutter. Um, you know, Elizabeth Lal, who did, you know, <laughs> Sergeant Exposition. <laughs> um, I, you know... <laughs> I, I, I liked her. It was weird. Uh, I I just, there were so many questions about, too, do I root for her? You know, she's still helping dad kill people. You know, just, there were so many weird things. Um, it was sort of told okay. So I'm going to give it a four out of 10. Mr. Gover. The villain in Five Nights at Freddy's was just this side of Scooby-Doo. I mean, and I, it's what mm. I mean. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, but that's it's, it's not far off. Yeah, but it's not good. <laughs> it's like again, he was fine, and like, but like they introduce him early, and then he just disappears for eighty percent of the film. Then he comes back as old man Westerson or whatever the new right. character is. It was just. <laughs> it, it was immediately predictable, and, was, I, and I, I I hated that honestly. They're not trying to win awards though. That's no. the bottom line. They're not trying to win awards. They're trying to print cash. And they and certainly have. And they, 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 they be they, doing that. They, yeah, they are. Uh, it was entertaining for what it was. I was able to enjoy myself in the theater while I'm watching it. Am I going to remember next year that I even saw this? Probably not. 6.0. That is way higher than I expected. I really thought you'd go lower. I thought us. it was going to be like a 4.5 or 5. It was a mess. Okay, we talked about that. It was a mess. It didn't know what it wanted to do. Okay, but Josh Hutcherson was good. He, the story about the kidnapped uh, yeah. brother was good. The flashback sequences were good. Yeah, the acting performances were fine. Yeah, yeah. The little sister, I mean, 
Breaking news for, for Gover here. Yeah, really good. He liked the child, child actor. actor, which yeah. never happens on this show. <laughs> she was good. So there are redeemable qualities about this. Question for and, you. And what's been curious to me, too, is I'm seeing lots of people taking like their 8, 9, 10-year-olds yeah. to this. It is just enough not scary where they can introduce them to a horror genre. So I see this as another introductory of horror for uh, yeah. a lot of these kids because they've been desensitized by the video game, so they are aware of a lot of what's going on. Right. So it's kind of curious to see, like, oh, I took my nine-year-old. They loved it. There are two scenes <laughs> that I think my son, who's 11, couldn't see. That opening scene, that Saw-like movie, like yes. contraption mm-hmm. coming, coming to his, his head. face. Yeah. That's number one. And then number two is one of the flashback scenes when he's talking to one of the boys, the boy turns around with like the black goo oh, on yeah. his eyes. Yeah. Other than those two things, I think he'd be totally fine. Okay. Yeah. Would your score have gone up or down if uh, Matthew Lillard's character would have pulled... Polly Shore. No, sorry, what? <laughs> if, he, if he pulls the mask off of the head and said, and I would have gotten away with it too, if it, if it weren't for, for you meddling kids. kids. Would have got a nine, <laughs> Okay, Untitled Film Project Podcast, we scored Five Nights at Freddy's. Now let's get to our big question. All right, the big question is, we have two months left in the calendar year. Some movies that were expected to come out got delayed thanks to the strikes. Dune! (laughs) So, there's still movies that are coming out. It's still award season. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Jim, what's up with you? Yeah, you're the the movie house guy. (laughs) Wow. The art house. The art house. That's the word. The movie house guy. (laughs) I knew as I said it, I was like, that's not right. Yeah, you're the one that goes to the moving picture shows. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's one. I didn't, because no movies have been marketed well at all this year, or at all, right? (laughs) Uh, Is a movie that I didn't know even was coming out until about a week ago when a friend of ours had uh, tweeted something about it. And it is. Napoleon. Mm-hmm. How did you not know? I didn't know. Oh, it didn't I hit cannot me. Wait. Um, How did you not know? I apparently the algorithm missed me. Well, we do go see screeners. We don't typically get previews. So I still I go to the movies without screeners, though. Okay. I'm just saying, like, I can see how. Okay. Okay. It's been getting trailered for like three months. Uh, wow. Not at the movies I'm going to. <laughs> but then again, I just have to keep putting quarters into the machine and to <laughs> to keep seeing what happens Wait, next. For the curtain to come up and you get a little flash and it goes yeah, back down. A little dance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Napoleon, because that's why I was so shocked, and I'm so, uh, I guess, excited about this movie. Uh, it stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon, which I think is great casting. Is. Uh, Vanessa Kirby is in this movie, oh, yeah. um, and you know, which I think she's just great. So this French military emperor, this movie is set in obviously a historical period, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. I mean, it brings you things like Gladiator and just so many thrilling, great, epic films that uh, I am very excited to see this. I know there's going to be battle scenes uh, in the trailer that I did look up since I found out it was going to be on. I did get a very Gladiator vibe. And, you know, to me, that's a great thing. Uh, So uh, I don't know what the buzz is on this film, you know, ahead of this movie. I try not to find out. But uh, as far as uh, movies with potential to be very exciting and well-acted, I'm going with Napoleon. All right. Bradford? So for me, I'm going to go with Migration. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, 
Sing nine. Oh my god. Aquaman. No, no. The Lost Kingdom. No, no. Here's the thing. Migration, though, it could be cute and have some fun lines, but it's not going to be a good movie. Um, troll. No, not trolls either. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that I'm not necessarily really excited per se, but I'm very curious in how they do it, and that's Wonka. Oh, yeah, with Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. And Hugh Grant and everything, so it's the prequel. People are like, wow, they're making another one. I'm like, well, that's, they're not making another one. They're making the prequel of how Willy Wonka became Willy Wonka. So I'm curious on how they do that. Plus, it's Timothy Chalamet. We're not getting Dune, but we're getting Wonka <laughs> right. for Timothy out there. So I'm just curious on it, too. It should be a bright film. It should be just the cinematography should be very curious about it. The CGI, I'm very curious as well, too. How they handle the Hugh Grant thing and his character. Uh so I, I'm curious about it. It's not like I'm yeah. excited that I think it's going to be amazing. I am. It's piqued my curiosity. The look of the movie is kind of, yes. uh, it's more Harry Potter than it is Tim yes. Burton. Magical musical mystery. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am also curious. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's a new one. Gover. You know, I want to say color purple and I want to yeah. say um, Ferrari as well. <laughs> oh yeah. But with Adam driver, I think I have to be, that guy and <sighs> trolls band together. Really? I'm so sorry, Bradford. I freaking love the trolls franchise. Okay. It's so fun. And so it's family friendly, which I don't really care about, but it's just, my point is it's, it's entertaining for the fan. Usually when you go see a family movie, mm-hmm. it's like great for the kids. And the adults are like, okay, is this over? Like, right. right? This, the, both trolls movies, even though the first one is clearly better than the second one. <laughs> Is it's a it's a good timeout. Okay. okay. And so I have Use the Shrek model. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, there's plenty of adult humor. That's a pretty in good there. comparison. Yes, I like nostalgia it. because of fairy tales and everything like that. Yeah. So forget the fact that there's a new instinct song and all that. Right. That's all mm-hmm. great. But it's more icing on the cake. I'm just thrilled. There's another Trolls movie because even the holiday special they did, the digital holiday special for tw- it was 20 minutes or whatever. Even that was fun. Okay. So I just love the fact that we're getting another Trolls movie and. I get to go see that with my family. So okay. I'm going to go no, Trolls. That's, fair. that's that, totally fair. It's kind of like a lot of, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of movies that are coming out uh, that are a lot of fun, maybe a little scares, a little bit of humor. Um, it's something we saw in the 80s quite a bit. Mm, um, interesting. So like, it almost seems, like, uh, this could be a, a whole different subject. I'll just say this. I'm, I'm getting the feel of a lot of movies that are coming out that are going back to the template of the 80s, which is they were mass appeal. Uh, they were a little scary, but not too scary that you can't bring the little ones. And it's just, you're going to make money. Because if you need to bring four people to the theater... It has to be available to all of them. Everybody's going to be happy. You can't have two grumpy people or else it's a terrible experience. It can't be the parents, can't be especially the children. <laughs> so if, in that in that case, Jim, too, what I would hope for would be some good action-adventure family movies, yeah. like a Goonies or something like that. Uh, not, sure. not recreating that, right. but what's a good, unique but, but storytelling that aspect that has a good action-adventure that doesn't have to be fully adult, but not fully kid. Which think, there was yes. in Uncharted. We got Uncharted with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. That was that fit that bill. It was video game-based, though. So. No, sure, but I mean, that fit that bill great sure it was sure. kind of a mm-hmm. cookie cutter nothing special but still good entertaining i need, I need more adventure, adventure movie and some behind it like that that feel to where it has a kid on their edge of their seat where they're going to be connected to it for the rest of their lives so a teenage knives out is what you need 
Mm. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Dungeons and Dragons movie kind of gave us a little, bit of, a little bit of that. that was yes, absolutely yeah. surprisingly yeah, good. It was. I it's, agree. It's more of that kind movie. of stuff. Yeah. So I like, uh, and I think that's kind of what was very successful in the '80s. So I, I honestly think these things come around; they're cyclical, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, the next cycle will come along. But uh, all right, that's what our uh, you know most anticipated movies for the rest of the year are for the Untitled End Film Project podcast. Uh, yes, we did sneak in Dune there uh, for 2024. Now, uh, thanks for following us. For anybody who's hearing us for the first time, where can they find us? Untitled Film Project. Just type it in anywhere. You'll find us. All right. What? What? It's true. We're everywhere. Or you can go to untitledfilmprojectpod.com and find our socials there as well. And written reviews by Mr. Gover himself. See, that would be a more use of our plug than it would be just, just type it in. It can be whatever. (laughs) They're going to tune out by the time I get to listing everything, Gover. Somebody wants to find something, they're going to go to Google and just type in the name of what we are. They're not going to type in the full URL because nobody does that. I swear, there's probably going to be one person that comes up to at least one of us and says, you know, your podcast is okay, but I really enjoy when you get mad about talking about marketing the socials at the end. It's my favorite part. I go right to it. Forget the movies. My favorite part. (laughs) Says a lot. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.